Hi, this is T. Morris, live at Balticon, and you're listening to The Melting Podcast. I put in an order for cheese fondue years ago. I'm still waiting for it. You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hey there, lexiconosaurs and word chefs. Welcome to episode 87 of the Melting Podcast. I am your grill mistress, Erin Kazmark. And I'm your head chef, A.F. Grappin, and we have an exciting episode for you today, guys. Oh, exciting. I have much excite. Yeah, because... I did not do a prepare. Uh, well, this is a, an auspicious episode for several reasons. I am suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't get mad, get glad? Yeah, get glad. Then get loves. Wait, Wait trash to if diapers. you're mad, and then you get glad, and then you get loves. So you fight, and then you have sex, and then you have a kid? Sure. <laughs> you just but told if, the world's but, worst, but probably most common conception story. But if you're using glad bags as condoms, you got problems. No, get glad. Like, oh, we're happy now, because, oh. wait, hey, hey. Yeah. And, yeah. I get it now. Anyway. Anyway. Auspicious, suspicious, don't be suspicious. Don't Why? be suspicious. Why shouldn't I be suspicious? Because this is a good thing. I am very suspicious, because we, with you, good things usually involve me having to do stuff. We'll be starting this episode with a pair of Stoke the Fire stories. I, I think I did stuff. And these are from prompt number 19. You have two left feet, along with your right one. And the reason that this is auspicious, and you shouldn't be suspicious, is because this is the first episode where we actually have outside writers who will be getting paid for content. Yee! Yeah. Although... The the first of the Stoke the Fire is from me, so I'm not taking the pay. That's just going straight back into the podcast's funds. Which is fun how this yeah, works. But we are still splitting the fee between what I would get and the other mm-hmm. author. Just to keep it on, yeah. know, on the level. Yeah. So here we go with a couple Stoke the Fires for prompt number 19. Bon appetit. Skip, Skip, Hop by A.F. Grappin. Ferris was a cobbler's son, born with an extra leg. To help him learn to walk, he carried a long stalk, spooned at the end with an egg, but the task was far from fun. For after Ferris began, the egg would always drop. His extra leg made him go skip, skip, hop. When the boy came of apprentice age, he tried all kinds of jobs. The cobbler his father was first, of course, but could only show remorse as Ferris fell deep into sobs and grew frustrated at every stage. He fumbled nails, he messed the workshop, and shoes he made, they came in threes, skip, skip, hop. The boy tried the baker, the tailor, and sweep, and then the cooper, weaver, heard. The carpenter tried to find some use, but in the end had to cut him loose, all gave Ferris the kindest words, and still the boy could only weep. For try as he might, nothing would stop his attempts to be normal, but he only could skip, skip, hop. In all his work, though stumble he did, Ferris knew a thing where he did excel. He never would fall, but upright he stayed, and lopsided but vertical was how he played. 
the extra left leg kept his balance well, and gravity's grip his body forbid. And all the while, though his legs might tangle so he would flop, Ferris kept trying and covered distance, skip, skip, hop. Ferris went as fast as he could, covering ground swifter than most, though he looked a fright when he went, three legs a-tangle, three knees a-bent. When one day he passed a guard post, at which the king's own men stood. Those mounted soldiers saw him clip-clop, speeding by to put their horses to shame. Skip, skip, hop. The cobbler's son was summoned to court, and did his best to kneel. The guardsman said all that he'd seen, and how little time was between the boy's onset and the hit of his last heel, crossing distance as though it were sport. The king wished to see, so on now, chop, chop. And there in the bailey the boy began his skip, skip, hop. Forward some years, and Ferris is clad in armor so shining the sun is ashamed. Soldiers around him, the king's war begins, and weapon on weapon creates such dins, the king's army towards their foe is aimed. No skirmish such as this ever was had. The soldiers move forward, their movement non-stop, and Ferris awaits his outset. Wait, wait, wait. His brothers moved forward, lines straight and true. The enemy met them a center the field, matched one to one, falling both sides. Far in the back the foe king rides, unwilling to fall, unwilling to yield, when Ferris saw what he must do. Around the battlefield he flies at a pop, legs flailing, looking a fool, skip, skip, hop. Ferris met the king atop his white horse. The enemy monarch's jaw went agape. How could this barely standing man have covered a span without even a scrape and approach him with such force? In that moment the battle was done. The soldiers did prop. Ferris, their hero, upon their soldiers, and all in honor. Skip, skip, hop. The straightest way may not be best, and two legs may not be for you. Remember rooks, bishops, pawns go straight. The queen goes far, the king lies in wait. And though great things they each can do, the knight Ferris proved most blessed. For on the board, only one who knows how to swap, positions and make his way through others. Skip, skip, hop. Two Left Feet by Kalila Roche Theodora lay in bed, pondering over whether or not she really wanted to leave the warmth offered her by the duckling down-filled comforter. Judging by the ache in her hips and knees, the forecast called for some abhorrent form of nasty winter weather, she was sure. Although the whole four seasons thing was something she was still getting used to, she was sure it would be snow. And with highs only in the upper thirties, she was even less inclined to depart from the warmth of her current inhabited space. She really needed to train for the Hallamore inner city decathlon, but detested even the slightest idea of leaving her room. Add the necessary donning of her pressure suit and you had the perfect recipe for irritation and a less than successful training session. 
And now she had to figure out how the hell to work out and put on a compression suit with three fucking feet. Yeah, that happened yesterday. She had yet to tell her personal trainer of the newest occurrence. Evidently, something about arriving on Earth had messed with her systems even almost two years later. Even less exciting to her were the memories of last year's events. She started to muse over the previous happenings with a small grimace on her face. Running a hand over her three deeply set Viridian eyes, she began to reflect. Go faster. Push harder. You can do it. Only three more Varaknos, I mean rounds, came Leaf's order. Sometimes his unthalion overlapped with his newly learned English. Theodora's legs felt like jelly, and the tight-fitting pressure-stabilizing suit did nothing to help her regulate her rapid breathing. I don't think I can do any more. Shit, she grunted. He was going to end her. Her physical fucking trainer was going to be the death of her. Not the Intergalactical Space Force, nor the American League of Starfighters, but Leaf. Nonsense. Of course you can. I have. An ungodly crash that sounded like breaking glass interrupted him, followed by screams of terror. Holy shit! Mother of Thoris! came Theodora's curse. What the fuck was that? I have no idea. But if I may venture a guess, it may be the arrival, Leaf said. The younger Merlivian's alien's face fell into a deep frown. The arrival. The thing they had been warned about, prepared for, trained for, and as of eight months ago, moved across the galaxy and to another planet for. She and a group of select others had been sent to Earth to try and ease the tensions between Earth and other planets in the galaxy. Evidently, it didn't work. It was finally here. Nobody wanted to admit that there was a possibility for this intergalactic fight to take place. Ever since relations between Earth and planet Merlevos had tensed everyone expected the worst, and rightly so. The rulers of both planets were ruthless and unforgiving, and this new space race had tensions running high and emotions running hot. If this were it, the battle had the potential to be one of the biggest and most deadly ones yet. She sincerely hoped that this was not it, though. It looks like this may be your time to shine, kiddo, was Leaf's grumbled attempt at lightening the severity of the situation. While she wasn't a superhero, there were some pros to being extraterrestrial. She had the ability to control people's minds and actions. She was the negotiation. She was the Merlivian government's secret weapon. Throwing her pale purple locks into a ponytail, Theodora sighed and prepared for the worst. Stepping out of the padded hand-to-hand -hand combat room, she surveyed the damage from a distance. Walking across the room in front of the training center, she peered out of the windows. It appeared that all hell had broken loose. 
All she had to do was get to the embassy. Damn it, she wished she had wings or two extra legs or something. Anything to get her there faster. Instead, she was just your typical, relatively unimpressive extraterrestrial life form. And the new Merlivian assembly wouldn't give them any form of non-Earth type transportation. The United States government had specifically requested her presence, and they weren't giving her anything to work with. Oh well. If war was breaking out, all she could do was pray to Zorthlos that it would all work out. Opening the door to the gym, she braced for the worst. The Zalethions, fighter jets were all that she could liken them to, hovered overhead, and the American League of Starfighters pulled up. Holy hell, she thought. Here we go. A second alarm broke Theodora from her thoughts. She sighed heavily, supposing she should probably get up and run anyway and get used to her second left foot. What were the chances of anything going as horribly wrong as they had last year? She gave a wry smile at the irony of her wish from last year. For one thing, anything to get her where she wanted to go faster. Well played, universe, she thought, looking down at her feet. Well played. She guessed this year's race would have its own unique set of challenges. Sitting up after deciding to go work out for the final time, she swung her legs over the side of the bed. Briefly considering her current situation, she let out a curse. Well, shit. This was going to be interesting, at the very least, to explain to Leaf. All right, so that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And also congratulations to our first author to actually be paid, not you. Yeah, I know. Kalila Roche. Yeah, so all you people out there who have been thinking about writing something, submit it. When it airs, you can get paid. I mean, come on. And you'll be contacted by us for when your episode is going to air so that we know where to send your money. Yeah, PayPal is usually easiest. Um, Absolutely. Facebook pay does work. Yeah, but PayPal, verified, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's all semantics. Why don't we hand this over to somebody else for a minute or two? I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, let somebody else talk I, about I could, it. I could stand a snack break. I like that idea. I think I saw a cheese plate. Okay. It's not any of that nasty... Smelly, moldy, runny cheese, is it? No, but it, it was rainbow. Ooh. Mystic cheese. Ooh. There's a throwback. But this is fresh, yeah. so it's okay. Yeah. Come on. Nineteen forty seven. The legacy of Nazi occult projects shambles through the streets of Los Angeles. Ghouls and zombies gather in tiny ghettos where the stench of crime and corruption mingles with dead flesh. Genevieve Rose, the first ghoul movie star, walked out of the grave and onto the silver screen. Everyone wanted her, but someone wanted her back in the ground, six feet under. Her only protector was me, Ellison Mix, Private Eye. I got hired to stare unblinking into the white-hot spotlight of fame and riches while trying to keep Genevieve Rose from joining the pile of corpses gathering at our feet. The case of the Scarlet Starlet is book two in the case files of the undead, written by James Silverstein 
and released by Skull and Vine Publishing soon on Amazon. When you get there, tell them Ellison Mix sent you. And be very, very careful who you trust. That was fun. Well, it always is. I enjoyed the cheese. I, I was talking about what they were just listening to, but... I had goat cheese. So that's what that was. Yeah. I liked it, too. Mm-hmm. So, so what's up next, then? Well, we don't have a lot of time left. Well, actually, we do. This is a really short episode. But it's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, these short segments are, are, are good things. Like, when, well, we, when we keep things short... It's like short in summer. Yeah. Like 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 abbreviated things. Yeah. Like they come in rapid fire and really it's short. Yeah, just short is kind of the Okay, we're doing short order cooks. Well, you gave it away. Yeah, well, we I were, wanted them to guess. They were yelling at their earbuds or car radios or mobile devices, whatever they were listening to us on. I'm sure they were already yelling. You're doing order. a short order cook and we know it. It's kind of oh. like Thank you, random listener, that totally wasn't just me saying that. Good guess. Wow. What have you been drinking? Um, this is a Killian's Irish Red. We are not sponsored by Killian's Irish Red. (laughs) Just saying. We explain what short order cook segments are in the actual segment, so just listen to this thing. And please, enjoy. I will take two eggs, some bacon, some sausage, and some toast. Order up. Thank you. It sounds like you're a short order cook, Aaron. Not yet. I'm not. You have to go first. Oh, okay. So this is a short order cook segment. We haven't done many of these. We've done one. We've done one. We've done one, Gus. Yeah. That's not many. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my spatula? I'm at a loss for words. Hopefully flipping my eggs. (laughs) I already gave them to you. I said order up. Oh, yeah. Eat them before they get cold. <laughs> but I can't reach that high. Bring it back down. <laughs> yeah. Remember, Shh. short. But yeah. I was going for distance this time. So, Theo, what's a shorter cook segment? It's been so long, I don't remember. I know, right? Aaron, do you remember? Well, see, we have these things called listeners. <gasps> Wait, people do that? Yeah. A few. Our pairs of fans. Um... Yes, I totally stole that, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, can send us a one-sentence prompt. Mm-hmm. We have, after reading that prompt, which we do not get those prompts until uh, we sit down to record this. Yeah, I have not looked at any of these. We are not allowed to read them until then. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we get that prompt, we have five minutes to tell a story mm-hmm. based around that prompt. We get one minute for planning, up to kinda, a minute, yeah. up to a minute. To kind of think it through in our heads while the other two giggle and mm-hmm. all of this. And then we have the rest of that time to tell a complete story beginning, middle, end. Yep. We that do. story could be three sentences. It could be. Beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Or we could just kind of wax, wax rhapsodic, rhapsodic, which it, I won't, so, <laughs> you know. But we will be doing a grand total of three of these. Because we each have one. Hopefully not featuring me needing to pee like your last one did. No, we're not. So the first one is going to be me. I have not read this prompt yet. And as soon as Aaron is done reading it to me, I will start my five-minute timer. Let me get it ready. It is, why is it on 60 minutes? I don't need that much time. <laughs> okay. Aaron, what is my story going to be about? <laughs> this is going to be interesting. 
order. Um, hmm. Aaron has been missing for two days. Your only clues are a card that says some mysteries shouldn't be solved and a scroll left on her desk with glowing letters that say, because I'm a wizard, that's why. Theo can't investigate because he's busy with the kids, so it's up to you. How do you find her? That's more than Where one Where is sentence. she and why? Okay. Flower started. I like this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, you know, oh, that, that prompt is uh, it's from Jason Goodman. And Jason, you, you knew me on that because I'm a wizard, that's why. <laughs> I love it. Are you excited? I was excited. I'm excited. Oh, wait, you can't be here. You can't investigate because you're busy with the kids. I am busy with the children. So busy with the children who are in bed right now. And totally quiet. Totally quiet, not making any noise. The toddler's totally not in there yelling because he doesn't want to go to sleep. Of course, his yelling is more just dad, 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 mom, but, you know, whatever. Like that. (laughs) I guess. Okay. So... Two days ago was the last time I talked to Aaron. And that's really sad because we're like texting constantly, or if we're not texting, then we're actually into this presence and things happen. But anyway, so Aaron's been missing for two days, and I find this card, I find this scroll, and Theo's been busy like doing this thing called work and shuttling the kids back and forth to dance classes and gymnastics and all that crap. That's what he does because he's a great dad. Anyway, so I'm trying to find Aaron. And I'm looking at this card, and I realize that there's a cipher. That there is a code. Because these are really big block letters, but they have little words inside them. So when I finally get them all written down and unscramble them, it spells... (laughs) Which tells me I need to go to the library. It's going to say if you had said bathroom. So I go... I considered it. So I go to the library. And I go look in the... section, And I find a book entitled, Because I'm a Wizard, That's Why found the book but it had been checked out and returned so it's right there on the shelf so i open up this book and it says look to your left i look to my left and there's another book right there i don't pick it up because it's not related to this story i turn the page it says look to your right so i look to the right and the librarian tells me to shush because i'm just you know narrating what i'm doing because this is a film noir kind of deal (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, librarian. And then I turn to the last page. This is only a three-page book. It's more like a pamphlet. And uh, it tells me it's got a series of numbers on there. I look at these numbers. There's ten of them. And I know what this is. So I enter these numbers into my phone. My phone recognizes it as a contact that's already in my contact list. It's Aaron's phone number. So I press send. Ring. Ring. <laughs> Ring. And it's Erin. She picks up. She says, hey, what's up? I said, hey, where are you? She goes, oh, I'm visiting my mom. I've spent the night for the last couple of days. I'm like, oh, okay. Good to know. Want to see you tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. All right, bye. And that's how I found Erin. That to say you called me. <laughs> you couldn't find me, With so one, you called me. One minute, 40 seconds left. <laughs> That's how I solve mysteries, bitches. You call. I call. 
See, I, I never would have solved that mystery because I don't do phone calls. No, you also don't know what the rumor is. I was the one who wrote it. So, <laughs> yes, I do. So you wrote the pamphlet? I sent you to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's my shorter cook. I'm terrified. It's I was Aaron's. busy with the kids. It's <laughs> being a good dad. Oh, the computer has things to say. All right, Aaron's is going to be next. All right. Aaron, your kids and cats are suing each other, <laughs> and you've been asked to mediate. You've been approached by both Mr. Felix, attorney at PAW, for your cats, and BB, the infamous diaper defense attorney for your kids. What do you do? What are the lawsuits about? How do you reach a compromise? Bonus point if you can call Theo as a witness. And time starting. See, I'm going to be nice and not chatter the entire time Aaron's trying to think. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I was just trying to fill recording space. Oh, man. Space. Okay. So, uh, I have kids. <laughs> I also have cats. They don't always get along. And I, I think anyone who has... Either cats or kids or both will understand what I'm talking about. So, first of all, we've got my my oldest kid. That's that's a junior chef. Um, she uh, she doesn't like it very much when the cats get under her feet when she's trying to practice dancing. So she is suing my cat Smoke for underfoot purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Purposes, get, I get it? it? I get it. It's funny because pun. Now, now my middle, Maggie, because the first is Emily. Mm. Middle's Maggie. She uh, she's actually being sued by our, our calico Tonks for tail pulling. Wow, personal injury, real life. So <laughs> so she's got the personal injury thing going on there, personal. and and personal. Thank you. And then, and then there's the, the youngest junior chef, Lachlan, who uh, he is suing both of the cats wow. for peeing on his bed. Because apparently boy funk equals must pee on. So we've, I've been approached by um, the cat's attorney. That's the, the Mr. Felix attorney at PAW that, that was previously mentioned. And, uh, and also the, the famous diaper defense attorney. None of whom are in diapers anymore, but it's okay. And uh, what I'm doing to mediate is mostly I've got this spray bottle. And when I use it on the kids, it's the nobody asked you bottle. So when they're talking over the cats, trying to tell their side of the story, I, I use the spray bottle on them. And it's a little bit more of a jet so I can aim it directly at their faces and get them to be quiet while we mediate this. But when I use it on the cats, it's I turn it more to the mist setting. Mm -hmm. And then it's the bad kitty bottle. So most of our time spent mediating these personal injury and what was it? Uh, I don't know, but underfoot, underfoot, underfoot purposes and pee spot. Um, <laughs> all, most of the time spent doing this is, is spritzing one party or another so that the others can finish their sentences. And I mean, most of what I'm getting from the cats is a whole lot of meow, meow, meow. It's a perjury. Yeah, a lot of perjury going on here. Caterwauling. Hush you. So, after telling Theo to hush, I realize he's a valuable witness. Hi. So I call him in, 
during these mediation processes because we're trying to keep it from going to full trial. Mm -hmm. We'd rather find a settlement. Yeah. So I have him come in, and the thing is, every single lawsuit being put forward here is justified. So we have our attorneys at law here trying to help us out, but everything is justified. So we have instead, instead of continuing to press charges, we have managed to get them to drop charges with one simple step. Threat of neutering. No. (laughs) Buying a bigger house. The kitties get their space, the kids get their space, and none of these lawsuits will be a problem anymore. And the only cost is to me and Theo, because when you have pets and kids, that's that's what happens. The end. With a minute seven left. I just basically told a true story. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, we, that's... Had, we had violation of restraining order, <clears throat> physical assault, and destruction of personal property. Personal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah. But once again, one of the stories had to do with pee. Yeah. See, I almost had you, I almost had you being in the bathroom on my story. <laughs> well, that is kind of where I go to hide. <laughs> I, I think most parents so well. will understand that. But they I, can't follow me in here. You know, I never said you weren't at your mom's bathroom. Yeah, I could have been in the bathroom when you called. Yeah. Except I wouldn't answer the phone if I were in the bathroom. Yeah. But anyway. All right. And our third and final short order cook segment, Theo. The Howdy. dish boy. By the we're going the dish boy cook. By the way, all these all these prompts have been from Jason Goodman, so I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> so Theo, you've been given the chance to live in your favorite story and become a new character in it. What you story died. is it, and what do you do? Do you change anything? Go. There's that if you want to review it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear what I said when you were reading it? Like Dark Souls, you died. <laughs> I think they have to be a book story. It doesn't say. Story. Story. But it has to be an existing story because um, it says, would you change it? Mm. (laughs) The faces he's making right now. You've got 35 seconds left to plan. something from the Bible. <laughs> no. You got 10 seconds oh, before you need to start telling your story. Planning time is up. All right. So I've been given the chance to live out uh, my favorite story. And my favorite story is more of an experience than an actual story. Um, and it begins in the middle of a desert. He did pick um, something from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Except in this portion, I don't live and wander around for 40 years. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so the, the, the story the story that I choose to uh, to live in uh, is Journey. Mm. Oh. And, uh, and it starts, you start in a, in a desert. And, uh, and I do like warm places, but this is a little bit too much for me. Um, good thing I have a shawl. <laughs> so my goal... Is the, the the whole point for me is to to get to the top of the mountain where this this glimmering light is, and so that's a metaphor for life, I, I suppose, um, which is one of the reasons I like it so much. So, um, being able to live in that particular world, it's very straightforward, but it's also very engrossing because um, I don't have to talk. There's very little conversation, and uh, 
and you meet people at seemingly random points in the in the uh, in the story. So you kind of make your own. Um, you get to see various parts of the world, and uh, you get to experience them with another person. Not not more than one. It's always one on one, which I think is some of the most deepest relations uh, that you can develop in in your life. Uh, would I change anything? Well, that's the fun of it. Um, every time you go through the story, it is different. It depends on, on who you're with and, and what you can share with that person because you can't speak, so to speak. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but you can signal. Um, you can actually sing to each other, which I think is a, a very beautiful thing. <laughs> Ghost <laughs> isn't in this game. Uh, more, more like a chime, but uh, one some of the the deepest and most profound things of life, which again this story is a metaphor for, um, is that you have a beginning, you have a middle, and you have an end. And at the end, it's it's it is a metaphor for death uh, and rebirth. And the rat would be the reason why I would go through this story. And it's one thing that I would never want to change is that portion of death and rebirth because to go, I won't say live through that experience because technically you don't, but to, <laughs> to go through that experience and to transcend what we often consider the end um, would be one of the greatest experiences that I could imagine. And to experience that with someone else uh, would be even greater. Because the expression, everyone dies alone, might turn out differently. And uh, that's my story. Dang. 44 seconds left. Dang. Changing the everyone dies alone. Wow. Okay, but you're... okay. For clarification, the journey that he's talking about, it, it is a video game. It's it is a video game. video game. But he's not allowed to play it anymore? Uh-uh. Because the last <laughs> time... No, you hush. The last time he played this video game is when the disaster kitchen, i.e. our house, ended up with a busted water main and flooded. We discovered it after he had just finished playing that game, mm-hmm. and we all had the waterworks, mm-hmm. and the house followed suit. Yeah. I made the house cry. He yeah. made the house cry when he played that game. That's how meaningful it is. So mm-hmm. that's why he got so serious with that. Because yeah. it, it really is. Yeah. That was really beautiful. That was. It, that that was a lot of fun. Those were, those were some really good short order cooks. It, All very different. Yeah, definitely. So that's how these work. Um, we don't do them often, mostly because we don't get you know uh, suggestions for them. But if you're interested, you don't have to send one for each of us. If you, you just, just send one, it's pick fine. one person and one person will do it. So one person to torture. Yep. So just email <laughs> the melting podcast at gmail.com. Do try to keep the prompt short. Those were a little extensive. Um, but yeah, just give us little prompts and we'll, uh, um, when you send it in the subject line for the email, mm-hmm. say short order cook prompt. And then the name of whoever mm-hmm. you want it to be. Yeah. And then have the prompt in the in the body of in the, the body email. of the email, so that whenever yeah. you know those of us who have access to the email address don't just open it to see who it is and accidentally mm-hmm. read it, and then it end up being ours, and mm-hmm. it yep. spoils the whole yeah. spontaneity, yeah, yes. the improv part of it, yeah. But yeah, so uh, order up, ding.
So those are fun. Those are hard. They put us on the spot, which I like. You like being put on the spot. I can improvise, but this one, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not sure, made me draw so much from real life that I was torn between accuracy and creativity. Mm-hmm. So, and then we had Theo. Yeah. Dude got deep. Yeah. I, I hugged him really hard after that, by the way, guys. See, now, here's the thing about you saying you're not so big on these, Aaron. Our listeners are trolls. I know. Now that they know that you're not a big fan well, no, of no, doing no, 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 no. It's not that I'm not a big fan of doing them. It's that depending on the prompt, if I don't get an inspiration, I'm not going to put out anything good. Mm-hmm. You know, but, sometimes I need more time to think. So it's it, it can be hit or miss with me. Mm-hmm. If you want someone who's going to create something just insane, no matter what, send them to Gus. <laughs> if you want somebody who's going to be really unexpected and often deeper than you think, send it to Theo. If you want someone who is going to hop right on that struggle bus... <laughs> Send it to me because <laughs> because you never know. You may send me something that completely jives with the way that my brain is working right at that moment. And I craft a piece of just mm-hmm. masterful literature. Or I could just tell you the actual things that are going on in my life. <laughs> hence my cats and my kids not getting along. Yeah. <laughs> They're great cats and great kids, though. I love my fur babies. Mm-hmm. And I guess my, my skin babies. <laughs> skin are, babies. Well, I made those. So yeah. I have to like them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of people making things. I'm so crafty, I make people. Speaking of people making things. We do chain mail. Speaking of people making things. You're an author. Oh, God. (laughs) This could go on forever. We're stuck in a loop, sir. I'm not a sir. Sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of people making things. I cook. (laughs) And you can also cook up some words. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was not planned, but I jumped on that struggle bus. improv. Yeah, that's what all this banter is, is so much improv. So much improv, guys. (laughs) Um, You can send us things, like, you know, writings. If you want to get on that bus of potentially getting paid for your words, our Stoke the Fire uh, submissions are pretty much always open. And they are 1,500 words or fewer. So you can write a story that's 100 words and it qualifies. Yep. But Stoke the Fire stories do need to be based off of one of our current open prompts. We have had people send us stories based on many, 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 many past prompts, but they still have to include one of the current open ones at the time of submission. Mm -hmm. So get as creative as you want. Uh, Let me say that again. So get as creative as you want with the number of prompts included. Just make sure you have one of the current open ones. Mm -hmm. Our current open prompts are prompt number 20. The forecast called for heavy snowstorms, but what's falling from the sky is not snow. And prompt number 21. You found a star that actually grants wishes. How many times can we say current open prompts? Currently? (laughs) (laughs) The prompts are open. They are open. Honestly, if someone had given me that sentence in a story to read, Mm -hmm. current open prompts, I'm Mm -hmm. sure I would be struggling. I would be on the struggle bus again over that. Yeah. But because we're just saying it off the mm-hmm. cuff, not a problem. So you can get paid for those. You can also send us main ingredient stories, which can be on any subject. No erotica, please. We try to keep this suitable for work. Up to 5,000 words. So 5,000 words or fewer. And again, you will get paid for that when your story airs. And you do get more creative license with that, seeing oh, yeah. as you don't have to include one of our prompts. Well, people do. But people do. 
We've gotten main ingredient stories based on one prompt. We've gotten main ingredient stories based on many prompts. Yeah, those are always fun. Those are really fun. Yeah, it's 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 great. The little Easter egg references here and yeah. there. Especially if you've been a longtime listener and you get references to really, really old episodes and stuff in these stories. We love it. We just, in general, love our listeners. They are yeah. wonderful people. All three of them. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we have like seven ba- Patreon backers. Speaking of which, you can become a Patreon backer if you go to patreon.com slash themeltingpod. Podcast for as little as one dollar an episode, you can really help out the show. You can. And that's only two dollars a month because yeah. we only do the two weeks, mm-hmm. where you get physical swag. I just this week sent out a bunch of our Patreon backer rewards: bumper stickers and buttons. You can also get keychains. You can get T-shirts. You can get input directly into the show by, like, example, once a year choosing a prompt. You get to create a prompt. You can pick a mystery meal uh, scene. And at a certain level, after a certain amount of time of being a backer, you can get an official title and, on our show. Yeah, you get on our cast and crew page. You get a little bio. We have one now. Spence, our saucier, is on the website and will be in perpetuity. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they're part of the crew. And also, one of the other you know, perks that you can get is a recorded message from us to you Mm -hmm. saying whatever you want us to say. You want it to be your voicemail message. You want it to just be us saying hi. You want each of us to say your favorite movie quote. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, as long as it's short, obviously. Yeah. But that's one of the things you can earn. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that you can get back from giving to us. Plus, Patreon backers tend to get episodes a couple days early. And the one bonus Patreon Becker only episode every year. Yeah. It's content just for you guys. Which we're on track to get out earlier than usual this mm-hmm. year. So I say over halfway through the year. Yeah, but it's still ahead. It's still ahead. <laughs> that's that's sad. Yeah. Now, if you're not of the persuasion to be able to commit to a continuing donation. Which can... we totally get. Oh, yeah. You can just throw a wad of money at us by going to shop.spreadshirt.com slash themeltingpodcast, where you can get just purchased swag. You could get shirts, stickers, pens, mugs, mm-hmm. the same buttons. No, those buttons are not on there. <gasps> it's almost like being a backer makes it exclusive. Mm-hmm. Gasp. You get buttons with different artwork on them. Ooh. But you can get buttons. You can get stickers. You can get aprons that say Lexicon of Sewers. We have backpacks that say Feed the Masses. Um, there's one that says Ask Me About the Disaster Kitchen. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got all kinds of great swag that you can go and purchase. And all those proceeds just go right back into the show. That you love. hmm Because if you didn't, why would you be listening? Now, after you've gone and made that transaction where you buy 16 backpacks, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just made Aaron almost do a spit take. I am so proud of myself. So after you buy your 16 backpacks, you can go to iTunes and find the Melting Podcast listed there and give us 16 stars. 70. 16,070 stars. As long as my 70's in there, I'm fine. It's there. <laughs> Seriously, write us a review, give us stars that helps other people find us, that helps us to grow, gives us more people to submit to us. Don't worry, we won't die of exposure. No, but you might die from choking on a beer. I was choking on air when you said that. 16 (laughs) backpacks. Hey, hey, it is school season. 
Kids need backpacks. Feed the masses. Trust me, a lot of people had already bought backpacks at yeah. tax-free weekend. They're smart. Mm-hmm. It's only if they're in Tennessee, though. I know other states have them, but still. Anyway, what else can they do? Let's say we've gone through Patreon, we've gone through the prompts, we've gone through Spreadshirt, we've gone through iTunes. Spread the word about us on social media. Talk about us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Share the links to our episodes. Yeah, seriously. Just say, hey, I love this. You can, too, if you want to write something. Your friends are always saying, man, I wish I could write a story. You can. You can. We have inspiration. I mean, seriously, that's what we do. We want to get people putting pens to paper or fingers to clickety-clack keys. Tap, tap, tap. The right words. Wow. Um, Yeah. So other than all of the financial things and review things and sharing things, you know the most important thing you can do? Nice, cheap words. Send us stuff. And we'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff. <laughs>